Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. Junction, in the Grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Trying to decide if this Monday feels any different. We've been counting a lo- uh, down for a long time. Two games coming up, two college football games, American College Tackle Football, and they actually count in the standings, and those are coming your way on Saturday night with Florida and Miami and Arizona and Hawaii. I think it's going to be next Monday that really feels different. That's when we can say it's game week and you don't have to put an asterisk on it. There doesn't have to be a caveat. Is it, It's game week, but there are only a couple of games coming up. But we do have real tackle American college football on Saturday. And that'll have to be... Uh, it's got to be fun, right? We're looking forward to it. We've been looking forward to it. We've been talking about it for a really long time. Good Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming online at supertalk.fm with you. Glad to have you along. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been financing and refinancing land for over 100 years. So whether you're a farmer who has equipment needs or financing needs, or you're just looking to build a dream house in the country, give Mississippi Land Bank a call or stop by one of their branch locations. You can find those on the World Wide Web at mslandbank.com. Good to be with you this afternoon. It's Michael Borky on the other side of the glass. I just made it to Jackson. Uh, Got to play in the FCA golf tournament uh, that was at the Ole Miss Golf Course this morning. Ran home, jumped in the shower, changed clothes, jumped in the car, and headed south as quickly as I could. And uh, did that because tonight we have a reception for Cammie Martin, formerly Cammie Crow, who is leaving the Super Talk family. So uh, excited to be down here for that. Borky, what's up? You're right. This doesn't feel any different. I guess maybe it should. It's a bit of a uh, wet blanket to uh, begin things. I, see, I think Saturday will... It's going to wait until Saturday morning when you wake up and there's game day on. Okay. Then then the light switch will turn on. I just... It, it's hard to get up for one game. It, with all due respect to Arizona and Hawaii, it's hard to spend a week getting excited for one game. I can understand that. Hey, Dad, how was your weekend? We got Hey, Dad? Maybe, Maybe we don't have. There he is. What's up, Hey Dad? What was the question? That I didn't catch. Uh, the question was, how was your weekend? Fantastic. Yeah. I had a great time. I ended up getting in the lake. And it was- oh, jeez. we got to get his phone line fixed so that doesn't happen anymore. We'll try it with Rippy. Hey, Rippy, how was your weekend? 
It was pretty good. Didn't do a whole lot. Played some golf. Hung out. Did you play well? Um, yeah, it was fine. It was really hot. Yeah, it was hot this morning too, and I did not play particularly well. It was one of those days. It was uh, it was fun. And it was nice to be out there and always being enjoy being on the course. But uh, you'd kind of like a re- redo on uh, on some of it. You get that? Uh, yeah. I don't know about a redo. I don't know if I'd go out in the heat again. But sure. Sure you would. You knew it was going to be hot when you went to play golf. It's not like it was a newsflash. Yeah, I guess I just didn't anticipate how hot until I got to, you know, 12. I hear you. Uh, I hear you. So we uh, we are glad to have you along. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Borky, you are now one weekend closer to having a son. Something like that, yeah. No, it's not something like that. You are officially now one weekend closer to having a son. Yeah, it's more like every day, every minute. And any time you think you're ready. Like, uh, my wife did a lot of work uh, this weekend on, on the baby room. And as I was oh, telling how you... how was the baby shower that you didn't go to? I, I took your advice, went to the end. Great idea. Good call. Because I should not have been there, but yep. showing up at the end to show your appreciation was a good move. Yep. It was a smart call. Uh, went really well. So, we think we are missing missing i just haven't gotten yet a a baby monitor shoes didn't think about shoes at all didn't register for them or anything haven't bought any shoes um one more stroller like a running stroller and that's basically about it we need a a diaper the special diaper trash can as well the diaper genie the diaper genie we don't have one of those yet either but otherwise we think we're pretty set uh all right so in order of importance the things that you just mentioned Diaper Genie is number one, but really, a Diaper Genie doesn't become important until a month or so into it. There's there's like a baby smell early on, but it's not bad. Right. But you need to go ahead and get the Diaper Genie. The running stroller, you know, whenever. Yeah, that's just something I want for me, basically. Yeah, that's fine. But you're not going to like... Need, why does he need shoes? He can't walk. I was going to... Well, I was about to say, shoes are not important for the baby early. We just don't have any at all, like well, zero. Anything. Not a big, not a big deal for a little while, sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, especially with it being summertime. Now, if it was, yeah, he probably got like little booty socks or something. We got plenty of socks. Yeah. Probably. And what was the first thing you said you needed? Baby monitor. Yeah, you don't need have that. any of those. You got to get that. Otherwise, I think we're set. I think. Are you going like the full-on video baby monitor? Depends on the price point. Yeah, those are probably worth it. it gives you a little peace of mind where you can look in and not feel like you got to go yeah, into the God. sleeping baby's room. Or your room in the bassinet for immediately. I'm already stressing out about what what you read about newborns and their sleeping patterns, and don't let them roll over, and don't let them do this. And it's like, my goodness, how? Well, you swallow them and they can't move for a while, which helps. But yeah. And then I read something about introducing him to our dogs, and we have the, the softest, sweetest dogs on earth. But everything that you read is like. The dog is going to get jealous and may act out. It's hey, here, here's here's a tip: take an extra blanket to the hospital and wrap baby Borky in it, and kind of get the baby smell on it. The like right when they're born, mm-hmm. and then before you guys go home, like the day before, or the afternoon, maybe the morning before you go home from the hospital in the afternoon, take the blanket home and give the blanket to the dogs so that they can get that smell. They smell the baby, and it's not a completely foreign smell that's coming in. 
might help their anxiety a little bit. Yeah, and they already know what's up. Like we we opened oh, the door. Oh, you the... told them. <laughs> but you can tell, like we've we've moved moved stuff around, and they're smelling around in his room and stuff. Like they're aware that something's going on. They're pretty smart dogs for the most part. There you but go. Everything you read just makes you terrified of existing with this child. It's like fear mongering almost. Yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, people are fairly resistant or uh, resilient. Kind of figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to like dribble your baby in the driveway or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> I'll try not to do that. Yeah. Uh, is Hey Dad back? Did it, did it work? Did we get the gremlins out of the phone line? Apparently not. We'll try the Hey Dad thing again in a minute. We got a bunch coming up with you this afternoon besides uh, Borky's baby talk. The AP preseason top 25 is out. It is the 326th poll that has come out leading into the preseason, and so, I don't know, we'll see if we think there's any credence to it or if there's anything that's uh, a whole lot different. You've had more teams that have named their starting quarterback. Mississippi State is not one of those, and at some high-profile programs, transfer quarterbacks are dominating the conversation. We're going to check in with Mississippi State camp. Uh, We'll take a look at uh, some rumors that are floating around, new uniforms, or at least an alternate uniform there for Mississippi State, and an ongoing quarterback battle that Joe Moorhead says he believes he knows who is ahead but hasn't told us yet. We'll get to winners and losers this afternoon. Some big stories coming up from around the NFL, including a couple that have got uh, a little bit of Mississippi flavor to them. A Mississippian... Although he doesn't play college golf in Mississippi, but a Mississippian won the U.S. Amateur. And it was a really cool story over the weekend. Uh, A big deal. We'll tell you about that. Uh, And even though it is week zero for college football, we are rolling into week one for high school football in Mississippi. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Scoreboard Show, longest running, most informative, absolutely best high school football scoreboard show is back this year. We'll have the Mississippi Farm Bureau Preview Show as well that once again will be hosted by Will East. Uh, That gets started on Friday also. So a bunch to get to as we roll into the year. Uh, Rippy, anything from Ole Miss practice? Just uh, kind of a tease as we, uh, we get into our college football conversation um to be honest no not really a whole lot uh they're just i mean i think they're kind of set for the most part you know finishing up fall camp you'll get the depth chart next week and then it'll be game week nothing really earth shattering happened over the weekend as regards to the scrimmage or anything like that so they did scrimmage no significant injuries to report not really Jalen julius tweaked his ankle again uh luke didn't specify it was the same ankle that he heard in the first scrimmage which yeah, i believe he did the exact same thing uh should be back tomorrow or the next day was there out there today just limited but shouldn't bother him after that um no, no nothing really else after that all right if we can get hey dad connected and uh, get all the squirrels out of the phone line we will talk to him about what happened over the weekend in starkville mississippi state had a scrimmage on saturday joe moorhead met with the media and we will talk about that coming up sports talk mississippi with you And the Renaissance Bank studio just getting started on this Monday. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. The most up-to-date odds for uh, the national champion are out. And there certainly aren't a lot of surprises at the top. Clemson is a 2-1 favorite 
to win the national championship. Alabama slightly longer odds at three to one. Might get some value with Georgia and Oklahoma. Georgia is an eight to one. Um, those are the odds. Michigan and Oklahoma are both ten to one. Ohio State fourteen to one. Texas twenty to one. LSU twenty five to one. And you got a handful of teams, uh, fifteen or so, that have odds that are better than one hundred to one. So, according to data, uh, data that is provided by SportsBetting.ag, only one of the preseason Heisman favorites during the last decade has taken home the bronze statue. I know we were talking about national championship odds. I'll give you the Heisman odds in just a second. Five of the past ten Heisman Trophy winners have odds of 75 to 1 or greater. Odds on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy is Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Just after him, Trevor Lawrence at 3 to 1. Jalen Hurts, who was named the starter today at Oklahoma, at 8 to 1. Adrian Martinez from Nebraska at 10 to 1. Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin, at 12 to 1. DeAndre Swift at 14 to 1. Same thing for Jake Fromm and Justin Fields. Travis Etienne, the running back at Clemson, 16 to 1. Oregon's quarterback Justin Herbert and Texas's quarterback Sam Ellinger, both at 16 to 1. Um, Shea Patterson, 28 to 1. Kelly Bryant, starter at Missouri, 25 to 1. But how about that? So of all those names that I gave you, and that's kind of usual suspects in terms of Heisman Trophy odds. In five of the last ten years, 75 to 1 or better going into the season were the odds for the person that ultimately won the Heisman Trophy and the only odds-on favorite, the preseason favorite, going into the year to actually win it was Marcus Mariota at Oregon in 2014. Is there an off-the-radar player across college football that you can think of as you go, hmm, Maybe he could be the one outside of 75-1 to this year to win the Heisman Trophy. Do you mean other than Joe Burrow, the greatest quarterback in college football? Let me see. I I didn't see odds on Joe Burrow. He is not 33-1 to or better, so yeah, he would qualify. There you go. Put the money down. That's where you're going with this, hey, Dad? Absolutely not. I didn't think so. I didn't think. Could a guy like Jacob Eason, who was named the starter at Washington, if Washington were to be better than people anticipated, win the Pac-12 and had a, oh, let's say a 12-1 and season, got into the college football playoff, and he threw for 4,500 yards? That's a reasonable answer, yeah. Did you list Justin Fields? Uh, yeah, Justin Fields at 14-1. to that's yeah. That that to me is like, I mean, when you get into dark horses, man, you're you really got to stretch sometimes. He's like that's like that feels like a good value bet right there. Yeah, but Khalil Tate maybe a bounce back season for Khalil Tate at Arizona. Yeah. Read something that said he was injured most of last year, couldn't run. That's why he didn't. Yeah. Well, there you go, Rippy. Anybody jump to your mind? Um. No, to be honest, not really. I think y'all pretty much covered it. I can't really think of anyone else. Did you mention J.K. Dobbins? Um, That's a good one. But, but, uh, I do not see odds on Dobbins. So, yeah, maybe a There's longer one. shot there. That'd yeah, be one for that's you. That's a good one, yeah. Um, 
there was another quarterback I was thinking about. Uh, what if um, what if Blackman, James Blackman at Florida State, bounced back and had a big year? Would have to have a monster year though, because he's in the same conference as Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I almost have to beat him. I would think. Lucas in Union says, "What about Cam Akers? It's a name that you know. There's a lot of talent there. The production just hasn't gone along with the hype and the buildup." going into his time at Florida State. They're just so bad up front. I saw the pro football focus did every regular starting offensive lineman in college football, over 800 of them. Florida State had two guys ranked in the 800 starting on their offensive line in all of college football. Their best offensive lineman was in the 530s. Yeah, probably going to be hard to block for a 2,000-yard rusher with an offensive line that's graded like that going into the year. Yeah, something like that. Hey, Dad, you were in Starkville on uh, on Saturday night. Takeaways from what Joe Burrow, or excuse me, Joe Burrow. <laughs> I got him on the brain. Joe Moorhead had to say after Mississippi State's second scrimmage. Yeah, uh, feels like we'll know a starting quarterback by the end of the week. That's what he said anyway. Uh, we'll see if we, he holds to that. But. And Wednesday of this week had kind of been the target date, right? I believe that's correct. Yeah, ten days out is what he wanted to to, to have. Okay. Uh, for for when he, that's going back to the you know the first time we spoke to him uh, at the beginning of the month. Any context um, clues? It's going to be Tommy Stevens. Okay. I mean, just everything that I've heard, you know, and you can't you know can't get anybody on the record obviously to talk about these scrimmages, but from what I've heard, Steven Stevens has separated himself from Keaton, and he will be named the starter on on whenever that decision is finally made public. Okay. Um, it feels like the worst-kept secret in the state of Mississippi because people everywhere you go are talking about it or tweeting about it or posting on message boards about it, and yet there's no concrete information that goes along with it. There is supposition that there are going to be suspensions for Mississippi State at the beginning of the season. What we don't know... Um, how many, how long, really what the details are surrounding those suspensions. And this is, at least our assumption is that this is a little bit different than, oh, everybody has a few guys that are suspended for the first game of the year. I mean, that's commonplace. That's kind of standard discipline across college football. You find out the day before the game, the day of the game, that there are three guys that aren't dressing out because of off-season discipline issues that were handled internally. That happens. There is conjecture, though, that this is slightly different. Hey, Dad, do you, do you have anything that we can go on or add to the conversation with regard to this topic? Well, you're, you're right about the, the, the main premise here, that this is not just going to be, you know, and again, nothing is confirmed from Mississippi State. Uh, nothing, no names are confirmed, and we're not going to know. And we may not even know where the connections are when they are made public. You know, we might find out three or four guys are suspended for the Louisiana game, but we won't know why. Very similar, I think, to what happened with Nick Weatherspoon back during basketball. There has never been any clarification from Mississippi State as to why Nick Weatherspoon was suspended. And to be honest, there hasn't been any clarification if his suspension is over. You know, as far as we know, he's going to play. But, but getting back to football. Um, you're right. I mean, you remember, you remember last season when Nick Fitzgerald was suspended, and that was just sort of a bombshell, but that was just one of these run-of-the-mill, he, he did something in the offseason and we had to suspend him. This is not, from what I can gather, that, but like I said, there's nothing, there's nothing confirmed 
uh, for Mississippi State. But I, I won't be completely surprised if a group of players between f- four and you know six players uh, has a have multiple game suspensions for Mississippi State this year. When you look at Mississippi State's schedule, and I'm not being flippant when I say this, but but let's just okay. Please hear me clearly say that this is hypothetical. <laughs> I understand. P. I understand you get in and out of I your feel car. So bad for you having to clarify your remarks on state all the time. Well, I, no, 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 no. This could be for anybody. Okay. But I'm specifically talking about Mississippi State. So please hear me when I say this is hypothetical. Hypothetically, let's say four players are suspended for three or four games to start the year. Mississippi State's schedule, different than some other schedules and different from some schedules in the past for Mississippi State, gives you a chance to get through that stretch, even if you had even if you had three or four starters that were suspended for the first four games. The opportunity is there to not have that derail your season. Did I say yeah, did, did I say that in a fair way? Yeah, I mean, you play Louisiana, USM, Kansas State, and Kentucky. Now, you know, Louisiana. I mean, they're going to be a good Sun Belt team. You should be able to beat them, uh, even if you're missing some key starters. Uh, the same sort of USM. They're going to. That's going to be a tough game. Don't get me wrong. USM is very good defensively a season ago. And they'll certainly play, you know, at a high level when they come to Starkville. But at the end of the day, you know, an SEC team should beat a Conference USA team. If you just take remove the names and just make that statement, not a lot of people are going to disagree with you. Kansas State's going to be a tough game, Power Five opponent. You know, they're a new look team this year, and Kentucky's a team that beat you a season ago, and they, you know, they're still an SEC team. But if if you miss four games, yeah, those are four games you'd want to miss there. Yeah. You, you certainly would prefer to have suspensions in the first four games of the year than you would in the last four games of the year, where you've got Arkansas, Alabama, Abilene Christian, and Ole Miss, or in that middle section of the year where you've got Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, and Texas A&M. I mean, if you've got to pick a four-game window, and again, that number is hypothetical, it would be the first four games. Back after this, Renaissance Bank Studio. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, as I fully anticipated would be the case, the C Spire text line pops up and questions of, wait, Mississippi State players are getting suspended? What did they do? It's the first I've heard about this. And other questions about why. And the answer is, we, we don't know. Mississippi State has um, not issued a statement. And as best I can tell, Haydad will not issue a statement other than perhaps on game day or maybe the day before game day. You guys talked to Joe Moorhead uh, because of the amount of questions that have been floating around about this possibility. It was something that was asked of Joe Moorhead on Saturday night. Right, right. And it just asked, you know, basically, do you expect to have the full roster available for the first game? And he said, look, 
anything like that, we're going to make it available day of the game or day before the game. So, you know, that was very similar to what Dan Mullen did during his time here. You, you would find out suspensions and things like that literally minutes before kickoff. The the announcement last season that Fitzgerald was going to be suspended for that first game uh, was was a shocker because we had never gotten anything like that from Mullen in the past, and, and you know, Moorhead just came out and said it. Um that said, it looks like they're going to go back to that old policy, which, I mean, that's pretty standard around the college football world. Uh, and if we, if anybody's going to be suspended, and like we said, we may never get the connection of why these guys are – I will be amazed if we ever find out if that happens. The other thing to remember about this is, you know, and Richard, you know you know that the NCAA works in mysterious ways. We're just sort of reporting on a rumor here. It's, it's entirely possible that nothing will happen. I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm pretty sure players are going to be suspended, but – we don't know anything. We literally don't know anything for sure. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Don't miss out on the latest deal from C Spire. Buy a top smartphone on C Spire's nationwide LTE network and get one for free. That's right. You can buy one of the top smartphones and get a second one absolutely free from C Spire. It's only available for a limited time, so you better hurry. C Spire, customer inspired. All right, hey, Ed, you used four letters just a second ago. I'll repeat them. You used the letters NCAA. Are you led to believe that any suspensions that come could be related to NCAA rules that were broken? Well, I mean, I have to assume that if it's it's not just your typical, you know, if it was some sort of violation of team rules, they would just say that. They always have in the past, you know, a violation of team rules, he's not going to play. Uh, for them to hide it, and maybe hide's not the right word, but I guess it is. Uh, but to you know, not not give us the, the full answers. Yeah. That that seems to believe that there there there's, there has to be something going on behind the scenes. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty logical conclusion. Yeah, and you know, in the end, this is not the answer that anybody wants. But just wait and see. Hey, you'll find out when games get here, and they're not that far away. I mean, we're talking about twelve days away from. Uh, from the first regular season game of the year. I think maybe the thing, though, that, that will be frustrating for fans is if you get to game day and you get an announcement of, okay, players 1, 2, 3, and 4 are not eligible to play or, or are suspended for the game. And there's really no further explanation. And you get to week 2 – and you find out that players one, two, three, and four. I think that will lead to some frustration among fans if that turns out to be the way. But again, I mean, this is kind of conjecture and hypothetical. But we're talking about it because Mississippi State fans are talking about it, right? Right. I mean, it's definitely been a hot topic on the message boards and on social media uh, for the past couple of weeks. Um, and I definitely get that frustrated. I mean, I'm I'm frustrated too. You know, part of my job is to cover the team and to know stuff about them, and I I feel like I'm in the dark uh, as much as anybody else. So, I guess you know the the easiest way to put it is when when Saturday gets here about 10:45 a.m. Follow me on Twitter at Brian Haydad, and I'll have the names for you <laughs> that that are going to be suspended because that's about the time I would expect to get them. Yeah. Um. New uniforms for Mississippi State? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, a new black jersey uh, for sure. The state will do a blackout uh, against uh, Kentucky in week four, uh, which is they've done one. I don't think they did one last season in Moorhead's first year. Okay. Uh, but they did do one 
Uh, they've done one every year prior to that, uh, going back to 2010. Um, so you have that, and then... Is it a black helmet or a maroon helmet that goes with it? I couldn't really see. I think it's a black helmet, which would be Saw new. Saw other pictures that had a maroon helmet. Is it a maroon? Okay, uh, on black top helmet of the black would be jersey. A maroon helmet's what they've always gone with in the past. My guess is, and the, I'm just speculating here, but making helmets is probably, you know, as, as Antonio Brown has taught us, you know, helmets are something very, very temperamental. You don't want to just switch out helmets every week. Uh, but that said, uh, black jersey is, is going to happen. I don't know if that's it, – it, it, it's just tweaked, I think. Because yeah. they've had black jerseys in the past. Well, the helmet thing's expensive. I mean, those are yeah, 500 to to so, $1,000 yeah. a pop. And most teams will carry two sets of helmets. But if you go with some sort of alternate color scheme, a lot of times the second set will get painted. Yeah. Um, for example – Ole Miss last year did not wear powder blue helmets. They wore navy blue helmets and they wore white helmets. And they took the powder blue helmets from the previous season and had them painted white. And so they didn't have a powder blue helmet last year. They had two sets of helmets, but just kind of painted because, again, they're expensive and then you also got to store them somewhere. So anyway, um, so that's, uh, that's out there. Hey, Rippy, did you see that Ezekiel Elliott is offended? No. He, he's offended by Jerry Jones because of something that Jerry Jones said. Such a good quote, by the way. You're talking about Jerry Jones? What Jerry Jones said. Okay, so um, he was asked a question about Tony Pollard, who is having a strong training camp. The question was, is Tony Pollard the best negotiating ploy the Cowboys have in talks with Elliott? Which drew the response, Zeke who? Oh. <laughs> uh, and so the story goes, Ezekiel Elliott and his, his uh, agent, Rocky Arsenault, did not think it was funny. I didn't think it was funny and neither did Zeke. We actually thought it was disrespectful, said Rocky Arsenault. Yeah, well, there are probably a lot of Cowboy fans that think it's disrespectful that uh, you're not practicing with the team and you're not honoring the contract you signed. I get it. I understand why. But can't you check your feelings at the door when you're holding out in a contract dispute? They're trying to get sympathy back from the Cowboys fan base, and it's not working, I don't think. Uh, Rocky Arsenault, Zeke Elliott's uh, agent, says that Elliott continues his contract holdout while training in Cabo San Lucas at, quote, a great facility, close quote. Now, here's the thing. Context is everything, right? Context is king. Except in social media circles where nobody wants any context. You want to go just a little bit farther Jerry Jones followed up the question about Tony Pollard by saying he knows exactly what to do and he knows how to do it. So it is, he goes out there and he plays to that level. If he continues this through the next several weeks, he's going to be right there in the middle of it early, and that will really complement what we're doing with Zeke. Not replace it. And I mean that. Not replace it. Nobody's getting cute here, but it'll certainly be a great compliment. I can picture those guys same sets at the same times out there and really giving those defenses fits. You're looking for a reason to be offended if what Jerry Jones said offends you. If you take in the context of the entire quote and all of what he said. 
He's got a running back, his starting running back, arguably the best running back in the NFL, has racked up $900,000 in fines for not practicing with the team, not being part of training camp, not being part of the preseason games. What do you want the guy to say? I mean, Jerry Jerry Jones says a lot of dumb stuff. And loves, 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 loves having a microphone in his face. He didn't say anything wrong. Not here. And he clarified it afterwards. He was just joking, but at the same time, the the Cowboys have mastered this. Yeah, but behind every joke, there's a little bit of seriousness. Of course, because Tony Pollard's look good. A little bit of truth. And guess what Tony Pollard is? Really cheap. Yeah, he is. That's a good point. Guess who's a free agent next year? A.J. Green. Instead of paying your running back fifteen million, you can use that fifteen million and make a couple other things work, and then give AJ Green nineteen if you want to. So you could so so you could do a contract for Dak Prescott, do a contract for Amari Cooper, go get AJ Green next year, and Tony Pollard, come on down. Isn't it crazy how the NFL works sometimes too? Tony Pollard. He was not the feature running back at Memphis. He was the backup running back at Memphis. But his skill set has translated to the NFL style at this point better than Daryl Henderson's has. Daryl Henderson was a stud at Memphis. All I know is if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're excited that um, those two guys, Daryl Henderson and Tony Pollard, are going to be playing on Sundays this year and are not going to be playing on Saturday at the Liberty Bowl 12 days from now. The folks in Union, Mississippi couldn't be any more proud, but they also couldn't be any more frustrated. (laughs) That's what I learned over the weekend. There is a new U.S. Open, I'm sorry, U.S. Amateur Champion. He is from a small town in Mississippi called Union. But his mailing address is Little Rock, Mississippi. And therefore, when you go to GolfChannel.com, you see the byline of Pinehurst, North Carolina, and the first sentence says, U.S. Amateur Champions don't come from Little Rock, Mississippi, the no-stoplight, unincorporated community of less than 2,000 residents. It's where the post office is housed in a trailer where kids go backroading for fun, where the most happening place on Friday night is Chesney's Grocery and Cafe, the gas station that offers a seafood buffet with fried catfish and boiled shrimp. And gets four and a half stars on Yelp. I assume it's Yelp. I need to go there. Yeah. And then along came Andy Ogletree. But the people of Union, Mississippi say he's not from Little Rock. He's from Union. So we can clarify that right here in the state of Mississippi. Doesn't make the story any less cool. Andy's dad owns a grocery store. He doesn't own just any grocery store. He owns the pig. The Piggly Wiggly in Union, Mississippi. Growing up, Andy bagged groceries. His dad, in this quote uh, in the story, says, I don't think he wants to do the grocery business, and he sure ain't going to have to now. The rising senior at Georgia Tech, who is from Mississippi, is now headed to Magnolia Lane. 
as the U.S. amateur champion, he will be able to play in the Masters in April. How cool is that? From Union or Little Rock, if you prefer, Mississippi. C Spire text line, hey, I'm from Little Rock. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Lucas in Union says you've got to try those gravy fries from Chesney's. It will change your life. I'm making this trip. Hey, Dad, you're there? Why would I not? You know what I learned today, by the way, about this? That there's a Union, Mississippi. I always thought there was just Union County, which I was familiar with. But then I found out there's actually a city, a community or whatever it is, a city, town, whatever you want to call it, that's called Union. Had no idea. But I learned all that today. Stan and Ripley says, never, ever, never, never, ever heard of Little Rock, Mississippi until now. Ha. Huh. Another text to the C Spire text line. Awesome story. Golf is booming in Mississippi. Oh, Wanda who is the general manager of our Meridian Station, says, hey, I live in Little Rock. Pretty proud weekend for the the folks in that part of the state of Mississippi. Hey, uh, I'm sorry, Rippy, we were talking about this on Friday. You actually had a semifinal match between um, Ogletree and Coentrolio. So you want to talk about Mississippi on display in a big way, and you couldn't say enough about the quality of of junior golf, collegiate golf, youth golf in our home state. Yeah, I think Saturday probably just reinforced that. And then it was a hell of a match on Sunday, too. He got four down through 11 and came back. And Is the final 36 up, he, holes? Yes. Okay. Um, You know, one three out of – there's a – like between 20 holes, 28 and 30. Two, I guess. I think he won three out of four and went one up and had a couple really good saves to kind of preserve it. So it was pretty well played. There is a question that has been asked. I've seen it asked in multiple places. Well, if if youth golf, junior golf in the state of Mississippi is so good, and it is right now, why are Ole Miss and Mississippi State not better in collegiate golf? And I think Chris Malloy, the head golf coach at Ole Miss, and who's the who's the golf coach at Mississippi State now? Hey, Dad, do you know off the top of your head? If you don't, I'll look name. it up. I know his first name. Okay, Dusty. I think it's Dusty Smith. Okay, I've got it right here. Right. Um, yeah, Dusty Smith. Okay, so the job, you know, Dusty Smith at Mississippi State, Chris Malloy at Ole Miss, they're both doing their darndest to keep these guys in state. But the reality is this: the facilities that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have, even though both have made significant improvements. They've got the the incredible practice facility at Old Waverly for Mississippi State, kind of the home of Mississippi State golf now. Ole Miss just finished off an incredible par 3 practice facility. They've made a bunch of upgrades to their clubhouse, but they just don't compare at, at, at this point in time to some of the power programs. Rippy, you were telling me the other day, Georgia – their golf facility, the combination of the courses that they have access to and the actual facility, it's just hard to compete with. Well, that's a lot of it, too, is the golf course is in close proximity to where you are. Yeah. I mean, think about that. You go to Georgia or Georgia Tech, you're playing Augusta every year with your teammates, maybe multiple times. Not to mention having Atlanta Athletic Club and East Lake and the university courses right there. It makes a difference. And so some of it is geographic, but Tell you what, the coaches here in Mississippi are doing 
uh, their dead level best to try and even the playing field uh, a little bit. And golf's an equivalency sport, so you also fight the scholarship limitations and the lack of um, scholarship money through lotteries and others that other states don't. Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Good to have you along. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of land. If you're a farmer in North Mississippi and you've got land financing needs, it is time, it's high time, past time, for you to check in with the folks at Mississippi Land Bank. They can help with equipment loans, refinancing an existing loan, getting you the capital that you need to buy a new piece of property, or maybe helping you with your production loans. You can find their branch locations at mslandbank.com. You can also find a phone number there to give them a call. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Couple of, I know it's time for us to get to winners and losers, but I want to mention this first, and we'll circle back to it. A couple of people have texted us about this. Beer sales are coming to the Rock. For the first time, beginning with the September 28th home contest against UTEP, fans 21 and older with a valid government-issued ID will be able to purchase beer and light wine at eight different locations within M.M. Roberts Stadium. Sales of beer and light wine will be available until the end of the third quarter of each home game, beginning with the CUSA opener. That was originally from uh, Patrick McGee, and I think I've got the Southern Miss tweet about it here. Yeah, uh, this was from WLBT.com as well. And it certainly brings up some questions. You know, what's Southern Miss doing differently than Ole Miss and Mississippi State? Why is it cool for Southern Miss to serve beer uh, at the Rock uh, without uh, at where Ole Miss and Mississippi State are not? Is there state law that's allowing it or disallowing it? Um, I think there, that question's been answered. Has there? I mean, they're doing it. Well, well clearly. Um, Ole Miss had filed for a resort status provision uh, with Vaughn Hemingway Stadium. Well, in State's case, they, I mean, straight up said, we're not doing that. So this is, at least on their case, they're not even trying to explore the option. They said... I bet they're exploring all the options behind the scenes. They're closely monitoring how much money is made elsewhere, I imagine. That would seem reasonable. Hey, Dad, have you heard anybody at Mississippi State talking about the decision to sell or not sell alcohol? Have not. Have not. No, other than you know what you've seen out in the press from Dr. Keenum. Uh, I don't know that John Cohen has had anything to say about it, but what Borky just sort of hit on is, is what I, I, I believe State's policy is going to be. They're going to see what happens this year, and they'll come back and reassess next season. Yeah. I mean, look, bottom line is it's just a matter of time. Everybody's going to do it. Yep. Everybody is going to do it. Now, maybe there are some schools that are just going to take a moral stance and they say, hey, we're, we're just not going to. Our people don't want this. We as an administration don't want this. We're just not going to do it. But I think those are going to be the unicorns rather than the norm. So we'll see when it's, uh, when it's all said and done. And we'll, uh, we'll circle back to this coming up uh, a little bit later as well. 
But right now, it's time for winners and losers. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser, baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Winner never win. What did you see this weekend that you liked? What did you see that you didn't like? You can text us your winners and losers on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. That's the number for you to connect with us. Prepaid by C Spire he is going big for back to school with special deals, including a light new iPhone 6S for just $49. And a daily $500 giveaway. Learn more at cspire.com slash prepaid. Cspire customer inspired. Let's see. Let's spin the wheel. Who will we begin with today? It comes up on Rippy, my imaginary wheel. Rippy, you get to lead us off. Winners and losers. Yeah, mine's really what we talked about last segment. Mississippi golf in general, particularly Andy Ogletree, but you have two of the final four in the USAM. That's a uh, pretty remarkable, um, particularly one of the kids is still in high school. Um, so that is my winner. Um, questions about you know what's the college choice for Cohen Trollio? Um, he is committed to LSU uh, and is expected to play his college golf there. Uh, you've got uh, Andy Ogletree who is going to be a senior this year at Georgia Tech. We were talking about it a second ago and kind of ran out of time. Is there anything that I missed? It, from, from your perspective, Rippy, with regard to facilities and just opportunities for junior golfers in Mississippi to stay home? No, I think you pretty much hit it. I mean, Ogletree grew up an, an Ole Miss fan and an Ole Miss guy, but just, you know, you visit Atlanta, you visit Georgia Tech, and some of the stuff it offers, it just... It's it's sometimes hard to compare it. It's just one of the battles the coaches in the state deal with. But they've done a pretty good job. It's not like they've it's not like they've let every like all of the in state talent go. I mean, you have Jack Dam, Charlie Miller, Cecil Wagner, all Jackson kids alone on the roster. So it's not like they've completely let it slip. It's just there's always going to be kids that want to go elsewhere. Particularly a kid from a small town in Mississippi. I imagine Atlanta looks pretty enticing when it, you couple in all the things Georgia Tech offers. Yeah. What were you telling me about Georgia with kind of the way their golf? program is set up it's just i mean it's just different in terms of like like you kind of have more like i don't know there's just more space and more practice facility and more courses within proximity just kind of everything you hit on earlier i thought you were telling me that they like lived on the course i believe you have an option to live on a cottage out there on the facility that's pretty cool (laughs) that's pretty cool uh i get that um I got a text message, ceasefire text line. Take our flag, take our songs, take statues, etc. But give us beer. It's a good trade. Sounds fair. <laughs> Interesting uh, perspective there. Hey, Dad, give me a winner from the weekend. Popeye's chicken. I'm listening. So Popeye's finally unveiled their chicken sandwich. And, buddy, Chick-fil-A, you had a good run. But it's over. That is a far superior chicken sandwich. I uh, I went and had one, only one, but I had one. It is so much better than Chick Fil A. I cannot stress enough how much you need to go to Popeyes and get one. Give me some more details. 
Well, first off, they're open on Sunday, so you can get it on Sunday. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's just better. I mean, it's the spicy chicken that you know and love from Popeye's. The bun's a little bit better. Is it a better. filet, or is it like chicken it's a strips on there? Okay. No, no, it's a big chicken filet. Okay. Fried, Any, Anything crunchy. besides just chicken on it? Uh, well, if you're not if you're Brian, not Brian Haydad and you're not as picky as he is, you can get it comes with pickles and then uh, one of them had they have two different sauces for How about like a little the coleslaw mild and spicy. What a little coleslaw in the the chicken sandwich? There is it doesn't come with coleslaw, but I mean they offer coleslaw. I saw a picture of somebody who put mashed potatoes on theirs. Okay, so yeah, plus I, it's I don't hate that idea. Oh no, I don't hate it at all. So yeah. Get to Popeyes, find out for it, it was the buzz of social media. Then today, Chick Fil A tweeted something about, you know, they were just trying to like a little subtle message, and Popeyes just hammered them on Twitter. It was fantastic. Uh, it's great. Look, Chick Fil A didn't invent the chicken; just the chicken sandwich, man. Well, it, it's been perfected now. So, um, is there a a craze right now? That exist for hot chicken and hot chicken sandwiches. So, you know, you guys seen that, heard that, tasted yeah. it. Yeah, the Nashville hot chicken. I mean, I I enjoy why, it. It's why is good. it that Nashville has the claim on hot chicken? Well, they 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 the particular kind of chicken that is representative of hot chicken was invented in Nashville. Did they invent the chicken or just the hot chicken? Just the patty? hot chicken. Just the hot. It's not a patty. It's it, hot chicken is uh is is chicken chicken. It's like fried chicken. Yeah. I had it in patty form on Sunday. It's How was good. that? It was okay. pretty good. I like hot chicken, man. It's good. Yeah, it was on the uh, it was on the buffet at lunch. So. Anyway, I was uh, just curious. Borky, you uh, you got a winner? Yeah, Southern Miss. Congratulations on making it the easiest decision of all time. Enjoy the little bit extra money and okay. probably people sticking around your games for longer. But Steph aside Curry. from the cold beer train that you have been captaining and uh, or, or engineering, because it just makes too much sense. Uh, Steph Curry, he's one of those athletes that uses his platform and his finances for good. If you remember, uh, Under Armour wanted to throw him a big party. Instead, he used all the money that they were going to use and some of his own to build a brand new rec center. And in, I think it was a DC inner inner city neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now he has funded the entire golf program, men's and women's. For Howard University, uh, that announcement came today. So he's one of the good ones. And and how about a basketball guy that is so passionate about the game of golf? He's even got a golf logo, the the three point little symbol that he does. He's uh, a really good golfer too. We will get to your winners and losers, plus maybe our losers from the weekend when we come back. Ceasefire text line hopping, loser. Hey, Dad, for blasphemy of Chick-fil-A. Uh, Lucas in Union gave us his winners. Uh, Andy Ogletree, of course. Says, alum of Union High School in Union, Mississippi. First ever Mississippian to win the U.S. Amateur. First player to come from behind to win after trailing the morning 18 since Stephen Fox in 2012. Atlanta United for winning again, winning the 2019 Camperones Cup over Club America. And he says, my grand, uh, my grand grand Jack Bouncer Robertson celebrated his 90th birthday at CCJ over the weekend, and he knew everyone that was there. Um, what about losers? Yeah, well, hold on. Do, do we miss any winners? Was there any? Was there a winner that anybody wanted to add? 
Well, quarterbacks in the NFL, I'm sure we'll circle back to it. But what, because they get paid a lot of money? Well, that, but you had guys, I mean, the oft-made-fun-of Daniel Jones looked really good again. Chad Kelly looked really good again. Taysom Hill now is suddenly the heir apparent to Drew Brees slash Steve Young slash Tom Brady slash the greatest of all time quarterback again. Uh, Jarrett Stidham was really good for the Patriots, so young quarterbacks proving their worth. Fair enough. My buddy Charles Walker's running bird dogs in heaven today. That puts him on the winner's list, and he can see. There we go. Anything else for the winner's list? Here's one on the loser's side of things. This says weather. It's still hot. In related news, it's August in Mississippi. Welcome back. Hey, give me a loser. Uh, you're going to hate it because I'm going soccer, but VAR. Uh, the replay system in soccer this weekend. Screw uh, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't screw Chelsea. Chelsea, no, Chelsea screwed themselves. Uh, but they did screw Manchester City. Uh, they had a goal disallowed in the 92nd minute. After This is a new rule this year. Any ball that is a handball, whether it's intentional or not, if it leads to a goal, the goal is going to be disallowed. They had a corner kick. The ball went off the guy's shoulder completely, completely unintentionally, uh, and it led to a goal. Uh, so they ended up drawing with Tottenham, and that you know, this is going to be a tight race. Those points are probably going to end up costing Man City down the road. Uh, just a very controversial ending for you know the, their replay system in soccer. I've liked it so far. It's 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 much better than what you get in the NFL. Uh, but this was a bad moment for them. Mm. Worried about Premier League video review. Uh, you know what else is going on? That's fine. I'm not. I'm not questioning it. I just you're hating on it. Just pointed to the, what you were overly concerned about. Yeah. Rippy, give me a loser. Um, I really don't have one. Not a lot happened this weekend. Got two. Okay. One of which involves three people: a guy named Chris Peterson, another guy named Sam Webb, another another guy named John U. Bacon. Wait, Chris Peterson, the head football coach at the University of Washington? No, not that guy. Somebody that all three guys cover Michigan in separate capacities, and they spent the weekend trying to convince you that Rashawn Gary, former defensive lineman, now in the NFL, I forget for with who, but first rounder. First rounder, number one overall pick, or not number one overall pick, number one overall recruit coming out of high school. And these Michigan media people have reported all weekend that he turned down $300,000 from another school to go to Michigan for free. Well, they didn't say necessarily. That's exactly what they said. In the report, it said to go to for free. I just saw that he they reported that he had been offered and had turned down the $300,000 to go to Michigan. Surely... New York Times Big J journalism guy couldn't write to play for free at Michigan. Even if that was the insinuation, which it clearly was. That was the insinuation. And I I admire people whose heads are so far buried in the sand. I have an honest question. Legitimate question. Do you really want somebody on your football team that's dumb enough to turn down three hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> well, it's either one of two things, uh, which I think the second one's more believable. But it's either he got a better offer from Michigan, 
or that number is completely blown out of proportion and it's not even anywhere close to that. It's probably that one. Nobody's giving a, a surgeon's salary to a football, an 18-year-old football player. There's just no way. That plays on the defensive line is the number one recruit in America? 300K? Think about how much money that is. I have no trouble believing that number. No trouble whatsoever. I, that doesn't, I, don't, I didn't even bat an eye. An you, eyelash when I saw the number. You know you got to get 84 more of those guys, right? I understand. They got the money. But, but, but you're not paying 84 guys that kind of money. You don't have to. You don't have to pay everybody. What was Cam Newton's number? 180. And Rashawn Gary got that much more? Well, uh, allegedly offered 300. I mean, you know, return on investment, whatnot. Well, they didn't get much of one. He wasn't that great there, even though he was still a high round draft pick. Either way, who, does it, who offered the 300,000? They, of course, wouldn't say. Oh, of course they wouldn't. There certainly are people that have insinuated it was Ole Miss. Can, may I may I be honest just for a second I don't believe that the resources to make that kind of a payment for that kind of a player were there I could be wrong Is it possible that the number 1 team in the country currently who was very much in the running for him, could have been the team? No. Not Dabo. His program would never... Oh, sure it would. I'm... But he doesn't <laughs> shout from the rooftops, we don't do that, come at me, bro. Yep, there's your difference. Any anyway. other guesses as to who would pay three hundred grand? All sorts of teams would. You know? yeah. Hey, you got a copy of the AP Top 25? I'll give you 25 of them right now. Yeah. Unless Army's in there. I, I I do not have any trouble at all believing that one, two, and three. This year's one, two, and three would come up with three hundred thousand for the number one defensive lineman in the country. If that's what was asked. I, I've just talked to people that have, have been recruited and been in recruiting in various levels in various places, and they never talk about numbers that high. Ever. Well, I mean, look, here's the deal. Nobody's paying three hundred thousand dollars cash up front. No, it's if, if if you are, we'll just pull the veil back for a second. If you think a kid is getting three hundred thousand dollars cash on National Signing Day to sign a letter of intent, you're crazy. That's not happening. It's not happening. Might be getting a small amount, maybe a five figure amount on the day that he signs. Might be more money that comes due a few months later. Let me tell you how this stuff works, though. Guys get taken care of once they get to school. That's the way the game works. And I don't know if you believe it or not. I don't care if you believe it or not. It happens at your school. Whatever your school is, wherever your school is, Perhaps, as Haydad said just a moment ago, with the exception of the service academies, it happens. They like it, don't like it, whatever. It happens. I made a blanket statement like that on the radio one time, and I had a head football coach get really mad at me for that. 
really mad at me. <laughs> Maybe somewhere down the line I'll tell that story. It happens. And if the sum total of the benefits promised to Rashawn Gary over the course of three years at Michigan, or if he had gone to Clemson or Ole Miss or had stayed at home in Piscataway, New York and gone to Rutgers, if you want me to believe that Michigan or whoever was going to pay him $300,000 over the course of three years in college, absolutely I believe that. I just don't believe Michigan was the unicorn. That they were the one that was different than everybody else. Yeah, but he he wanted to be a Michigan man. Well, he's a wealthy Michigan man. Well, he gets to run out of the tunnel and jump up and slap the the little banner. Yeah, you can't do that anywhere else. M go M go blue, right? Uh, let's see here from Larry, his loser, the NFL for partnering with Jay Z. Disagree there. I think that's a mutually beneficial thing. That's not as woke as you made. Yeah, we think it might be. We talked about that a little bit over the, uh, what was it, Friday? It was th- late Friday. Th- Thursday or Friday. Um, I think it's a pretty savvy partnership in both directions. Uh, winner, St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals pitcher throwing the baseball 105 miles per hour. Similarly, winner, Dr. James Andrews for the ability to continue to perform Tommy John surgery. Dan in Charleston, my winner, Kittle Rock, Mississippi. Somebody, somebody Little Rock. Little Rock. Oh. It says Kittle. It's a mistype. Fair enough. Back with you after this in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. I know we're supposed to do this later, but I want to skip ahead. Can I skip ahead, Borky? You can do whatever you want, my friend. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. We're glad to have you along. Richard Cross, that voice, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Cole Kublik tweeted this earlier today. How about this, guys? I'll, I'll go through it fast, and then we'll walk through it. Number one's former starter is starting at Mizzou. Number two's former starter is starting at number four. Number three has a former starter at number 13, and their former backup is starting at number five. Number six's starter played at number five. Number seven starter was previously the starter at Ole Miss. You got all that? Quiz coming later. Let's, let's walk through it. AP poll came out today, and we will, uh, we'll look at the AP poll and the college football fix, but I'll quickly give you the teams that we're talking about. Clemson is number one, Alabama is number two, Georgia is three, Oklahoma is four, Ohio State is five, LSU is six, and Washington is 13. Number one's former starter is starting at Mizzou. That would be Kelly Bryant, the former starter at Clemson, now the number one team in the country, has the starting job at an SEC East school. Number two's former starter, number two is Alabama. Their former starter is Jalen Hurts. He's now the starting quarterback at number four, Oklahoma. Number three has a former starter now starting at number 13. That is Georgia with Jacob Eason, who started two years ago between the hedges, now starting on the shores of Union Bay of Lake Washington. See, Borky, sometimes I retain stuff. Jacob Eason now the starting quarterback at Washington. 
and their former backup is starting at number five. Wait, who's former backup? George's. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Justin Last year's Fields backup at- quarterback, Justin Fields, formerly the number one player in the country coming out of high school, is the starter at Ohio State. The number six team in the country, LSU, has a starter who previously was a backup at number five, Ohio State, and number seven, Michigan's starter, Shea Patterson, was previously the starter at Ole Miss. That's a lot of moving around. Now, let me ask you this. Rippy, I'll I'll fire it at you first. There's a lot of derision over the transfer market. Oh, guys are just moving around. No, guys want to play. And given the names of these starters that have come out, you could make a pretty darn good argument that a lot of them have made good decisions. Agreed? Uh, The second time, I guess. What do you mean the second time? If they made a good decision the first time, they wouldn't have left the first place. Well, could it be that they didn't necessarily make a bad decision? They just got beat? It's possible. Not like Justin Fields' case, I wouldn't say. I mean, Kelly Bryant, he, you know, he couldn't have known that Trevor Lawrence was coming and, and all that. But Justin Fields could have looked at a depth chart and saw Jake Fromm there and been like, ah, I'm probably not going to play. Unless there was something else in play that made it worth his while to go sit as a backup for a year. I guess. I like this, though. I mean, you've got people that are that are disparaging this and talking about, oh, it's just an indicator of the culture and all that stuff. The transfer portal is never going to be as big as people want to tell you it is because there were more players in the portal than spots available. Yeah. And with the exception of the quarterback position and few others, people are transferring because they're not playing, which means they're not good enough and suddenly, it, it's not going to change the landscape of college football. Starters generally are not going to transfer at, when they're playing other positions. Same thing with quarterback, too. You know what's so interesting about this to me is how college football has changed. If you want to rewind to... Right, you can pick an era. Let's go Pat Dye at Auburn. Or Gene Stallings at Alabama. Um, Jackie Sherrill at Mississippi State. If you had an entrenched starter who was playing as well as Jalen Hurts was playing at Alabama, who had taken you to a national championship game, who was playing as well as Kelly Bryant at Clemson, it would not have mattered how good Tua Tonga-Vailoa was. And it would not have mattered how good Trevor Lawrence was. Your veteran starting quarterback who had won at a really high level wasn't losing his job to a freshman. Period. Do you agree with that, Haydad? 100%. I mean, that beyond quarterback, that that's true of a lot of... A lot of uh... A lot of positions. I mean, even as recently as, as Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, and when you saw him, you know, not wanting to put Aris Williams out there over Brandon Holloway and Ashton Shumpert, who, who consistently could not run the football. Not wanting uh, to full out give the job to Dak Prescott when Tyler right. Russell was still there. Right. I mean, it's, 
there's just there there is a thing about loyalty among uh, a lot of college coaches, and and they 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 for whatever reason are just going to make the more talented guys sit a lot of times. All right, so why has it changed? Well, man, the first thing that pops in my head is these coaches are making five six million dollars a year, and they want to keep making that, and and they have a leash that is. It's shorter it's short. than it's short. ever. Yeah. Anything else, Rippy? I mean, couldn't you argue it's already changed the landscape of college football with this many second place guys starting at major programs? I would say yes. What What do you mean that it's already changed? Well, I mean, if you need a quarterback now, you can go get one. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that's the argument that I was making, though, was that this wouldn't have happened a decade ago and certainly not two decades ago but it's better this way you've got freshmen that are coming in and when they're better they're getting the job they're unseating and I mean I guess there's an argument to be made that that Trevor Lawrence is is unique and that he's arguably the best quarterback the, the best pro prospect quarterback since Andrew Luck. I think that's what John Harris told us a while back. And you got to play that guy. But that doesn't change the fact that Kelly Bryant took Clemson to a national championship game. You can't have loyalty in a cutthroat business. And ultimately, it's a scoreboard business, too. And you're like you said, your leash is shorter, and they have to win, and they have to win big now. And... Does Kelly Bryant win the national championship last year? Probably not. He at least doesn't give them the best chance to do it. And that's all that really really matters. Loyalty is nothing anymore. You can't have it in any sports at all. But you can't have it in college sports. You're only as loyal as... or Your school or your employer is only as loyal to you as how valuable you are to them. And once you lose value, that's it. But I think I think this is great. Just the quarterback position, not a free transfer everywhere, but look at Ohio State, for example. Ohio State national power, roster filled with a bunch of dudes. Their defensive line is going to be nasty, by the way. Without Justin Fields, they're not a contender. Ohio State's a contender now because they, they got this backup quarterback from somewhere else. Missouri, everybody's talking about Missouri. What is Missouri without Kelly Bryant? Fighting for a bowl game. Yeah. Oklahoma's kind of rebuilding. And now suddenly, because of the way quarterbacks are moving around and how important the position is, you have a dispersion of talent that gives you more teams that are worth watching. Does it make you more or less or just the same excited about the new season? More. Because you're interested in seeing Justin Fields with a full shot to be the guy. Yep. Jacob Eason. I watch, I'll watch a Washington game this year because I want to see Jacob Eason play. See how that goes. All right. C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. You can text the show that way. So you're saying Nick Saban is not loyal? <laughs> Surely that's sarcastic, right? Oh, it is. It's got to be. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying Nick Saban is loyal to winning. It's a great quote. It's me and you until it's me or you. Mm. 
So the old saying, it's me and you until it's me or you. Uh, Should the NCAA allow anyone to transfer after two years with their current school? Yeah, because I think you would be surprised at how few transfers actually happen after that. You've got to have – the thing about transferring is when you leave your school, you've got to have a spot at another one. And teams are bringing in recruiting classes of 25 guys every year, and they have to field a roster of 85. Numbers don't really work out. Not that many spots available. A lot of people found out with the portal this year, there was almost, what was it, 100 guys that were in the portal with no place to go? It's not as free as people think it is. Um, yeah. I can't quite decide what I think the exact transfer rule should be. Kind of waffled on that a little bit. Maybe one free transfer, and after that you have to sit. this along and Borky I know we've looked at this eh, maybe in the past looking at uh, oh you know what I need to I need to circle back actually no I don't so Mississippi code 2017 um, all the uh, all the stuff that has to do with alcohol and pretty explicitly says that it can't happen on college campuses, universities, high schools, community colleges, etc. Now, maybe there are ways around it. Maybe the law is being changed or has been changed or whatever. Um, I was looking at the I was looking at the 2013 code, and it's actually been updated since uh, there was 2017. But in the 2013 code, um, it said no alcoholic beverages shall be sold or consumed at any public athletic event at any public school, community, or junior college, college, or university. So so Southern Miss is either breaking the law, which they're not, or there's a workaround. Seems like that would be the case. Well, and here's the thing. People that continue to tell me I'm wrong on social media, the well-actually guys having a rough day, but um, if that was the only hang-up, 2017 code, exact same sentence is there. That's fine, but Southern Miss is doing it, so there's a way around it. Um, if there was a hang-up and that was the only hang-up and they wanted to do it, they would do something about it and, and we would know publicly that that is why. They wouldn't fight that kind of battle behind closed doors. They would need to win in legislation of some kind. There's a way around it. Southern Miss found it. Um, and, it and it could very well be that, that Southern Miss applied for resort status for its athletics yeah, venues and like that was that. granted and they can move forward from there. Yeah, it, but it sounds like Ole Miss and Mississippi State, even though Mississippi State has publicly said they're not doing it, sounds like they may be in wait-and-see mode. They're doing it in Baton Rouge, they're doing it in College Station, they're doing it in Fayetteville. Yeah, we may lose a little bit of money compared to them this year, but I'd rather wait see if there's issues, see if they make any money, and then we'll decide to do it. That's the most logical explanation in all of this, but just to blame it on a state law doesn't seem right, especially now that Southern Miss has found a way around it. There's always a way around everything if you really want it hard enough. 
We owe you a team on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Let's squeeze that in right now. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. days away, so today is team number 12 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We go to the Big Ten, we go to Happy Valley, it's Penn State. It's just an okay fight song, and a conference full of great fight songs, that's just very okay. Yeah, and I've actually had the chance to see their band in person. Band's really good, fight song is is not. Yeah, you been to a game there? Been to a game in Happy Valley. Liked it, is, it or no? I, I didn't like the the surrounding atmosphere, like around the stadium. Just uh, not anything to, to write home about. Yeah, stadium from the outside is ugly. It's pretty cool looking from the inside. It is, and everybody there was no. And we were kind of we were on like the forty, pretty high up though. But they don't have upper decks from goal line to goal line. They're just behind the end zones. Yeah. So we were around. It just goes a million rows straight up. It does. But it, it appeared that everybody there was like, you, you know how you get at some SEC places where people are too cool to make noise? Every single down, every person in that stadium was up, like rowdy. Every hmm. single part of that stadium. It, it felt a little bit different in that regard than you get some places around the SEC. Beaver Stadium is big, too. It looks like an erector set, but it seats 106,572, second largest capacity in all of college football. Last year, they comp- uh, filled it to 99% capacity. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive for a school that only enrolls uh, uh, just, just short of 30,000 fans. Um Top two rushers are gone from a season ago. Miles Sanders and Trace McSorley. McSorley was the quarterback. Uh, McSorley threw for 2,530 yards, 18 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. The sophomore, Sean Clifford, is expected to be the starter. And, hey, Dad, that's not the first time that that name has come up on this show this year. No, obviously not. That's the guy who uh, has the job now that Tommy Stevens uh, is in Starkville. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Uh, Penn State opens with Idaho, then they've got Buffalo, then they've got Pittsburgh, so a little rivalry game there uh, before they jump into Big Ten play. First Big Ten game, a road game on a Friday night. Nothing says Big Ten football like let's play under the lights on Friday night. Actually, there are about a million things that say Big Ten football more than that. Hey, Dad, quickly, famous Penn State alums. I I was all caught up in talking about Penn State. I didn't even look. Okay. I got it. We'll do that one. Give it to me fast. Keegan Michael Key. Ah, nah. It's going to take me a second. We'll come back. That's terrible. We'll come back. It's a 5 o'clock hour. The College Football Fix with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Land, it is time right now for the College Football Fix. football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. If you're thinking about a new car, truck, van, or SUV, start your search online at buyfordnow.com, the hurry up and save sales event. I've been telling you about it for several weeks. It is not long for the lasting big savings for you on America's best-selling truck for 42 consecutive years. 
the Ford F-150 test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Preseason AP poll is out, and for the first time in school history, Clemson is the preseason number one team in America. Do you have any problem with that whatsoever? I hope not. Even if you're someone like me, and I think Alabama's going to end up winning the national title, I don't have a problem with Clemson being the preseason number one. They deserve it. Yeah. I I don't agree. I completely agree with you. They lost some stuff on defense, especially on the defensive line. I just didn't know if there's somebody who goes, no, no, Alabama's the best team in the country, or Georgia's the best team in the country. Curious. So if you guys had votes, you would have voted Clemson number one. I probably would have voted Alabama number one because really? whenever I do a poll, I like to I like to look ahead. Yeah. And I like to say, okay, is I want my poll to be as close to the the first poll I do, my final poll, I want them to be as close as possible to each other. I think Alabama's gonna win the national title, so I think Alabama's, you know, the should be number one. But that said, again, Clemson totally deserving of being number one. All right, let's go twenty five back to one. Twenty five through twenty one. Stanford, Nebraska. Washington State, Syracuse, Iowa State. There are a lot of people that think highly of Iowa State this year. Yeah, they're the most experienced team in the Big 12 as far as returning snaps and all of that stuff. Really so, good coach in Matt Campbell. Really good coach. Uh, look at your Nebraska Cornhuskers, though, showing up in the top 25, coming off of a 4-8 and eight season. Nebraska at 24, uh, 20 through 16. Iowa? I mean, it feels like year in, year out. Just pencil them at preseason number 20. That's about, about the right spot. Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, UCF, and Auburn. Jump in if you've got an issue with where any of these teams are, are situated. Some people are going to think Auburn's a little high, but that's pretty fair. Even with the unknown at quarterback, they're still going to be so good defensively. They, they just And they, they may very well even lose four games this year, but are there really that many teams that are better and more talented than Auburn around the country? And the answer is probably no. UCF at 17. Does that do anything for you? About right? That's fine. Yeah. Excited to see McKenzie Milton come back if he's able to not to work. Year. Not this year, but if he's able to work his way back. That's where my interest lies with UCF is that story. If he can get back on the field and play after almost losing his leg. Yeah. A few weeks ago, um, pretty interesting interview that Mackenzie Milton did with uh, with Scott Van Pelt on. Uh, I got to watch that on SVP show. It's uh, he's a he's a pretty fascinating kid, uh, and and tough as nails. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's coming back. That's what he's working toward. That's what they're hopeful for. But I think kind of all options are on the table as, as far as his con- uh, future. All right, fifteen to eleven. Penn State 15, Utah 14, picked to win the uh, Pac-12. Despite the fact that Washington's ranked 13th, Texas A&M at 12, and Oregon is ranked 11th. The Pac-12 might actually be entertaining football this year. I've said that before on this show, but they've got a handful of teams on the upper end of their conference that are going to be pretty good and worth it's watching. Entertaining. It's just not always good. Yeah. Could it be both this year? Could be. I tell you what, the, the, I don't know that this whole 9 a.m. Central Time kickoff for the Pac-12 is going to happen. Or, well, I'm sorry, 9 a.m. West Coast Time 
which would make it 11 Central, noon Eastern. But but think about the possibility for the Pac-12. They can't do it every single week. But you could pick a couple of weeks out of the year, and you could dominate the news cycle if you put the right games in the right spots because you could do breakfast with the Pac-12 and Pac-12 after dark on the same day. If you start the game with a marquee Pac-12 game and finish it with a marquee Pac-12 game, that would be some forward-thinking marketing. You'd be the first thing that everybody thought about when the day started and the last thing they thought about before they went to bed. And you roll out a college game day or the Fox pregame show, whatever they're going to call that, into the first game of the day on the West Coast at 9 a.m. And the very first time you do it, everybody's going to watch it because of the novelty. And then make it Oregon-Utah. Something like that. Make it a game that matters. Yeah. I don't think the they play each other. The late night games year, have but. to be marquee ones, too, because what kills them is the late night games, which no one cares about, so no one stays up to watch it, or at least not all of it. What, when it's Arizona State at Washington State? Yeah. Like, why would anyone stay up for that? Yeah. Other than Mike Leach. Sure. Well, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the snow. There's like, from, from my high school days, this would be like 90. I don't know, 95, 96, 97, somewhere in there. I vividly remember an Arizona at Colorado game that was on like a regional Fox channel and it was snowing and Arizona had a quarterback that like did a flip in the end zone like over a guy. Anyway, I loved those and still do. But my ability after a full day to stick with one until 1 a.m., probably going to wake up sometime in the middle of the night and have to turn the TV off. Uh, We'll give you the top ten when we come back. Uh, It's mostly teams that you've heard of before. Not not a lot of Johnny-come-latelys in the uh, AP preseason top ten. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, Renaissance Bank Studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Join Sports Talk Mississippi live on Thursday and Friday from Colin Community College in Wesson for the King's Daughters Medical Center kickoff classic. Three great high school games taking place over the course of three nights on the brand new field at Stone Stadium during the KDMC kickoff classic. Sports Talk Mississippi Thursday and Friday of this week live in Wesson at Colin on Super Talk Mississippi and online at supertalk.fm and, excuse me, and... You can uh, catch the debate between Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves and former Supreme Court Justice Bill Waller Jr. Wednesday night right here on Super Talk Mississippi as they vie for the GOP nomination for governor. The debate will start at 7 p.m. You can hear it across the state on your local Super Talk Mississippi station, supertalk.fm, and, of course, on the Super Talk app, Super Talk Live app in the uh, App Store. All right, so we're walking through the uh, the AP Top 25. We went uh, 25 up through number 11. When you pick it up at number 10, Texas as the number 10 team in the country. When we last heard from Texas, Sam Ellinger was standing on the podium at the Sugar Bowl with confetti falling, claiming that Texas was back. Does a number 10 re- preseason ranking signify Texas being back? Yeah, until week two. Texas is now favored over LSU. It's fine. What was the line on that deal? Ten. That's what That's what we got. LSU minus ten. Hmm. And I what did I take Texas? 
plus 10? Is that what we did? Well, because you and Haydad both wanted to do it, you just gave it to him. But if you want in on it, you can still be in on it. Okay. I make the rules of this bet, not Haydad. I don't want to make any rules. I just want to collect when I win. You And, and you did what, Haydad? You took Texas plus the 10. Yeah. That's right, because you like weebled and wobbled on it and could make up your mind, and I tried to jump in on it, and then you realized that you wanted in on the action. Yes. So I deferred to you and let you take the bet. What'd you guys bet? Steak dinner, right? Yep. There you go. Two he owes me when I. Two? No, I. I, That happened in Hoover. I was not included on the trip to Hoover. That absolves me from that steak bet. What? That's insane. Hey, Dad, you have been fed your steak for the steak bet dinner thing. Just drop it. You, You don't get to play that card. Lame. <laughs> you can say I'm let you me. ten points with a home favorite. You came up with the number. Do. I didn't. I didn't sweat you for it. No, you, you did. Dropped it out there. All right, number ten, Texas. Number nine, Notre Dame. Because, well, of course, Notre Dame would be number nine. Does Notre Dame deserve to be number nine? Ian Book coming back to play quarterback. They'll probably be a top ten team. Make a, a playoff bowl. There are years when I look at Notre Dame's schedule, and it's like I want to point and snicker, and then there's some years when I look at Notre Dame's schedule, and I'm like, that's pretty impressive. They open on Labor Day night at Louisville. They should win that game. They go to New Mexico in Week 3. So they got a, a an open date in Week 2, New Mexico Week 3. Then they go to Georgia. I'm sorry. They host New Mexico. They go to Georgia in Week 4. We agree that's going to be a loss, right? You would think so. Yeah, Georgia's going to win that game. It'll be one of the more compelling games of the season, though, just because of brand and stuff. Virginia is not a slam dunk in Week 5, the week after Georgia. People think Virginia is is going to be decent, win their division. Bowling Green, Southern Cal in South Bend. That's a win. Open date at Michigan. They might lose that one. Virginia Tech at South Bend. At Duke. Navy. These two teams have played every year since 1927. Boston College and then Stanford on the road to close it out. I mean, there are some games that they could lose on there, but that's also a schedule that they could win a bunch of games on, too. Yeah, I mean, you could convince me with Notre Dame of anything from eleven and one to eight and four. Sounds about right. Man, they got some long time opponents, don't they? We talked about the the series with Southern Cal. They've played every year since the like the nineteen aughts, with the exception of during World War Two. Um. You know, knock not knock Notre Dame as much as you want to. And it it's it's with good reason if you want to, because their on field results don't match up with the hype they get. But man, there's a lot of tradition there. And I think there's a lot of people that would change their on field success with Notre Dame, even in the last fifteen years. Oh, yeah, no question. I mean the last five seasons. Now, now there was the the 
downfall in 16. They went 12 and 1 last year, 10 and 3 the year before, 4 and 8 in 2016. 2015 was 10 and 3. 2014 was 8 and 5. Yeah, sign me up. Brian Kelly's going into his 10th year. The the whole Brian Kelly going to the NFL offseason chatter is just gone, isn't it? Seems to be. That used to and be that an was like annual an every thing. year thing for like 3 or 4 years and now you don't hear it. So Notre Dame at 9, Florida at 8. Too high, too low for the Gators. It's probably just fine for right now, but if I told you you look up at the end of the year and Florida has four or five losses, would you be surprised? No. Five, I would be surprised. Four. I, mean, I think they'll lose to Georgia and LSU. And then I mean, they, they, could, they could have a game like they had with Missouri last year. They just sort of drop an unexpected game. Other than that, I don't see I don't see a whole lot of opportunity for them to lose on the schedule. Michigan seven. Sure, they'll win a bunch of games and then lose to Ohio State they'll again. Lose to Ohio State and they'll lose their bowl game. Yeah. LSU six. It's appropriately ranked. Yeah. Ohio State five. A little high. Probably a little high. There are some questions. Rookie head coach, uh, new quarterback, but it's still yeah. Ohio State. All right, but fair fair enough. But if you tell me LSU's right at 6 and Michigan's right at 7 and Florida's about right at 8 and Notre Dame's about right at 9 and Texas is about right at 10, where would you put well, Ohio State you can and who move would you all bump those up? Teams up one. You could move them all up one and say Ohio State was 10th, and I wouldn't have had a huge issue with it. Well, actually, now that you lay it out that way, I wouldn't put Ohio State over Michigan. I wouldn't put Ohio State over Florida. I wouldn't put them over Notre Dame. I wouldn't put them over Texas. Or, or the opposite. You wouldn't, wouldn't put, put those others over yes, them. Behind, yeah. Right. I was going to say, because that roster is pretty <laughs> darn good. Yeah, no, I, you could, I, you I said that You could have put Ohio State 10th for me, and, and I would have not batted too many eyelashes. They're, they're still a football factory. We don't see it they're as much. They're still good. They're still good. The only, one, the only one of those teams where I would think for sure Ohio State's going to win the football game is, is, to, is uh, Michigan, just because Michigan can't beat them. That's all they've done. For the last 15 years. Oklahoma Where's 4. Where's that game? Uh, Ann Arbor. Eh. You going Harbaugh this year? Yeah, whatever. I'll squat on that. They're going to win. Okay. Um, Oklahoma 4, Georgia 3, Alabama 2, Clemson 1. That's all fine. Text yeah. message... On the ceasefire tax line, how bad did NBC mess up doing an exclusive contract with Notre Dame football for all those years? I don't think they messed up at all. I think that continues to be an extremely profitable venture for NBC. The ratings are still outstanding, and it is an extremely lucrative deal for Notre Dame. How much is that payout compared to what the SEC pays out their schools? I don't know. Because that's just for football, right? Yeah, but I mean, so, there, there was a point at which Notre Dame was getting like $10 million a year. And everybody was like, oh! Yeah, that was big money. They're getting $10 million a year. Well, the SEC's getting almost 50 a year now. But 42, whatever it is. The, so, what, Notre Dame basketball? Yeah, they're cut in on the ACC's deal. On right. That. I mean, I'm sure that they're comparable. They seem to be doing just fine. Yeah. All right, so every single year there is a team somewhere in the top ten that falls flat on its face, and when the season is said and done, either they are not even in the top 25 or they are hanging on by a thread. Give me the team in the top ten this year most likely to not be ranked after the season. Already said mine, Florida. 
Uh, they're kicking guys off the team. You've got all these issues going on there, and I still don't think they're ready to be a top-10 team just yet, talent-wise. You have a losable game with Miami and Tennessee and Auburn. You have to go to LSU. You have to go to South Carolina. You're going to lose to Georgia. You have to go to Missouri. Losses could pile up for them a little bit. Okay. Rippy, team in the top 10 most likely to not be in the top 25 at the end of the year. Um, Notre Dame. Okay. Hey, Dad. It's probably Florida. I won't be completely surprised if Texas falls in their face, though. Ooh. You better hope not. Ooh. I I, I mean, I get to eat steak either way, Borky. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.